and uh, hopefully, you know, you can actually hear what the fuck I'm saying nowadays. Anyway, um, just going to talk some gibberish about this show that I really love called uh, That Time I Was Reincarnated as a Slime. Uh, first and foremost, the fact that, uh, you know, this show is about a slime. Just the whole story. Anyone who can take conceptually a slime and even in the realm of fantasy elevated to a main character of a franchise in my opinion it should be given credit for having a wonderful and full imagination uh, having said that let's just go into what I like about it where it is currently if you're not a big spoiler fan well I'm also big girl because it's boring central. Anyway, so Mikami Sotoru was a corporate worker, 37 years old, a virgin. Met up with one of uh, people from work, and in Japan, uh, you know, when you're the senior, they call you a senpai. So he was the senpai of his co-worker. And uh, he saves a co-worker's life. His dad dies. And as he's dying, he says a bunch of things. So, you know, this is actually semi-important. So he says a bunch of things that he wishes he didn't have to deal with, like blood. Not a big fan of blood. Boom. Some weird voice says, form without blood. Then he says, uh, I don't like being hot. Then as he's bleeding out, I don't like being cold. Um, I don't like being stabbed. So, he's reincarnated, takes the form of his slime. And when he does so, he ends up in this, obviously, an alternate or a different. And he adapts to the world with seven totally pregnant. Just that alone is interesting to me, because I reincarnated as a slime, couldn't see, couldn't feel my arms, couldn't feel my legs, I'd freak the fuck out, but, uh, this joker doesn't freak out at all, and he eventually, uh, becomes friends with a dragon, one of the true dragons of this particular world, and the dragon's name is Veldora, Storm Dragon Veldora. So this little slime comes friends with Veldora. And Veldora decides to to name him and have the slime named Veldora. So even though Veldora is already Storm Dragon Veldora, he wants something additional. So he becomes Storm Dragon Veldora Tempest. And the slime is named by Veldora Rimuru. 
So it becomes Rimuru Tempest. So, as you would find out later in the story, naming has a very powerful effect in this world. Uh, most monsters are nameless. And because they are nameless, they evolve when they, they receive names. So, Rimuru Tempest, now with name in tow, decides to try to help the Storm Dragon Veldora Tempest get released from the unlimited imprisonment he was put in by the hero. So a hero, 300 years ago, imprisoned the Storm Dragon Veldora. So what Remo decides is to actually take him into his body, because he has this kind of unlimited storage capacity within his slime body to take things in. Uh, it's also an ability he got as he lay dying, and it was called Predator. Anyway, so then he, you know, he stumbles into a goblin village. The goblins can sense his magical power instantly because he's carrying the Storm Dragon before. Uh, they require assistance, they need help. So he helps them dealing in dealing with the dire wolves. And the dire wolves <clears throat> they just wanna kick the shit out of the goblins, take the village. You know the routine. So Rimuru saves a bunch of goblins by using his healing potions, which he obtained in the cave where he met the Storm Dragon Veldora. He ate everything in the cave because he was bored. Um, and he heals them with these potions. They, they don't have anything really to give them, so they say that they're, you know, they're fealty. So these are classic concepts. And usually the other worlds and uh, what they call these isekai animes tend to do with the feudal, magical worlds, you know. King Arthur-esque, but not entirely. Anyway. So he has them fortify the village. And, he, you know, he takes the health. And the direwolves approach ready to you know, take the goblins out once and for all and secure their place in the great forest of Jura, where this is all happening. And, uh, so, what happens then is he, being Rimuru, decapitates the, <laughs> he decapitates the leader of the, uh, Dire wolves, and in so doing, he becomes the head of the pack. So now he's the head of the pack of these dire wolves, and he's the leader of this goblin village. You know, this was not none of this was intentional. He's just trying to figure out what his deal is in this world. So he does that, and then he pairs them off, and of course he names all of them. But what he doesn't realize is that in naming, you know, you use these things called magicules. Well, point being, he names them, they all evolve. 
and now you know he wants to like broaden the the housing and clothing capacity of the village. He goes to the uh, armed nation of Dwargon, Dwargon for short, and he's looking for any kind of blacksmithing help he could get. And uh, <laughs> I'm still getting used to this microphone. I'm a very low tech. Uh, Please be over there, so forgive me. Anyway, so in Dwargon, uh, you know, he goes with this uh, goblin Gopta, because Gopta's been there before. And uh, what happens is that they get attacked because they look weak, and he's a slime. Uh, turns out this slime can mimic anything that he's taken in. So because he decapitated and then subsequently took in the body of the head of the direwolf, he can now transfigure his body into a direwolf form. He does that, eats the crap out of some humans, gets thrown in jail with Gopta, who sleeps while he's in jail. <laughs> and uh, one of the guards is, is freaking out. They're trying to create a potion because some of their men got hurt in some sort of skirmish mining magic core and Rimuru offers up <coughs> excuse me <clears throat> he offers up a barrel of this potion so when he offers up this barrel of potion they're like oh this stuff worked it saved their guys so they let him out he forgives Gopta's there he's not worried about it um and he He's hanging out with the dwarves, and they they say they're gonna, uh, you know, uh, get him to a blacksmith, you know, because they know one of the best. And it turns out they do know one of the best. His name is Kaijin, and uh, Kaijin is like, oh, you know, I would totally help you out. You saved my brother's lives, but I have to make these long swords for a, a battle. And I got like a week, and I got to make 20 of them, which is like almost impossible, really. But the uh, the king's minister, Vesta, is kind of an asshole, so that's the scenario. Greenwood turns around, and, uh, you know, it's like, well, what do you need to make these? He's like, well, I need the magic core. And, uh, you know, Greenwood produces magic core, and he's like, hey, can I see one of them, you know how many have you made? I only made one. Let me see the one. Duplicates the one. So now he has the 20. And gives him Magikor. So the guy's like, yeah, you know, uh, wow, I'm free now. You know, that's done. I can come and help you out a little bit. So they go to like a, I guess you could call it an elf cafe slash bar with pretty elves. And they're hanging out. And Investor, the minister, shows up, throws alcohol on Rimuru, and Kaijin snaps, punches him in the face. They all get arrested, they all get put on trial, but the king is cool with Kaijin, so instead of, you know, prison or executing him or anything, he exiles him from the kingdom. Kaijin is like, bet, well, now I'm your blacksmith. So now he just got the best blacksmith in an established nation. Boom, like that. So then they start building, building up more. And then uh, there's a little dip segue where uh, there are these adventurers. 
Suffice it to say, world building wise. So all of this happens very quickly. And, you know, the next phase of it was that these adventurers come. And one of the adventurers is named Shizue. And she's very important because she. Her likeness is, is the established <coughs> likeness of Rimuru in the show. So. You know, like when you're looking at this fool and he takes on um, a human form, that's that's what happens. You know, he has that appearance. He bears a, 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 a male resemblance to her. How does this happen? Well, uh, Shizue was a hero and an adventurer. But she originally was an otherworlder summoned from Japan by mages and made to serve the demon Lord Leon. And Leon imbued her body in a torturous fashion with uh, superior spirit Ifrit. And basically, uh, the longevity of her existence was dependent upon that, but she's coming to the end of her life. And she can't control a freak anymore. A freak goes crazy, but Rimuru's fire resistant. Rimuru consumes a freak. Then, uh, with the consumption of a freak, she's the way, is on her way out of the world. Doesn't want to have her body buried in that world doesn't, doesn't want to have that experience. She wants removed the consumer. So he does that and that's where he gets that capability. So all that's going on. So now Rimuru has that spirit of free. He can take on Shizue's form and You know, now he's running the city slash village and things are going all right. But then some ogres come and start beating up his, his god, one of them being Gopta. By the way, while Gopta was in jail, he couldn't figure out how to get out because we were and the others, you know, they went to trial, they got exiled, and they forgot Gopta. Gopta summoned his dire wolf and uh, <laughs> escaped and went home that way. So uh, that was something new that they uh, learned how to do. Like the dire wolves can hide within the shadow of whoever they're paired with. So that's pretty funky. Anyway, so Gopta and the boys are getting beat up. Rimuru steps in, shows the ogres what he can do, and then he makes them a proposition. Um, and the reason ogres were attacking him was because they thought he was a mage who was. Aided and abetted these awful orcs and their orc lord and destroying their their village. So they give them an offer food, shelter. He will help them, uh, you know, get their revenge on the orcs. And when they're done, they don't have to, you know, be in his service anymore. Benny Maru, the leader of the ogres, the prince, he says, "Okay, I'll do that." So the orcs, who who basically are 
they're behind the scenes leader is Demon Lord Gelmund. They're trying to create a new Demon Lord and using the Orc Lord to do so. So the Orc Lord, you know, wherever they go, they devour everything. And, uh, you know, they even devour each other to, to get more abilities and get stronger. So if they get a hold of anything, they devour it. So obviously this is leading to like a big, you know, battle of the devourers thing going on. So you got that whole setup. And then there's these dragons. So Rimuru tells Shohei, who's one of the oldest. And by the way, Shohei is a name. Benimaru is a name. You know what that means. They didn't have names before. Now they're 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 in their evolved bodies, their evolved states, and now they're known as Kaijin, which is a rare form of ogre that has evolved. Anyway, so Shohei goes to the dragon roots, lets them know that there's a massive orc invasion coming, and uh, based on that orc invasion. You know, they should be helping each other, assisting each other, whatever. Because there's like 200,000 coming to kill them. So, <clears throat> a lot of things happen in that battle, but ultimately, Rimuru takes on the Orc Lord and devours the Orc Lord. And there's this weird sequence, I guess their consciousness is touches, they touch. I don't even know how I said that word. Their minds and awarenesses within spirit touch. <laughs> and uh, you see what Demon Lord Gelmund did with the Orc Lord, and you see also, like, you know, uh, he was the only Orc who had the ability to, like, tear off body parts, and he was literally tearing off and regenerating body parts to feed his people, which is just wow. Um, but he submits to Rimuru, and Rimuru says, I'll take on the sins of the Orcs, and um, they will serve under me. They will, you know, do labor as a kind of uh, penance for uh, the madness that their, their rampaging caused and the despair it caused. So now he has ogres and orcs or kaijin and orcs under him. And then there was an asshole named Gabiru who fucked up. Uh, he was a prince and tried to take on the orcs himself. So he was exiled and he comes to what was the goblin <coughs> village. And boom. Now you have dragons. Of course he names them. And they become, you know, mega kick ass dragon dudes. I don't remember the name. <laughs> so that's what I'm calling them. Mega Anyway, so now he's the head of all these amazing monster creatures. So, boom, they decide to create a nation. And uh, the nation's name is the uh, Jura Tempest Federation. And the capital city is Rimuru. So, from there. Um, you know, story goes on some of the sides about some of Shizue's background, um, including her encounter with a demon referred to as Black, 
this is important later. Um, and also her taking care of, uh, she was a teacher, um, before she went on her final adventure where she encountered Rimuru, she was a teacher, so he wanted to resolve that because they were, the kids were otherworlders and their spirit energy or something wasn't acclimating and they would die young unless they were imbued with a superior spirit or whatever. Of course he pulled that off, but, um, the craziest thing that happens is he ends up um, aligning with multiple nations, the first being Drogon, uh, the Alpha Nation, or Nation of Drogon, sorry. And um, from there, I believe it was Blue Moon. And then, um, the animal kingdom, Eurasania, um, with demon lord Carrion. Now I like the name Carrion for the animal kingdom of Eurasania because, you know, Carrion, the light balls, they, they eat the dead, whatever. Interesting. Anyway. So, because of this whole trade nation building stuff he did, the kingdom of Falmouth wants to move in on the Jura Tempest Federation and like destroy the nation so that they can get all the economic benefits because their nation is economically suffering. So he sends these three violent otherworlders with special abilities to uh, Rimuru. And to the Jura uh, Tempest Federation, that's the capital city of it, and they they uh, they kill some of Rimuru's homies, um, and in so doing, they incite a war. So them, which is the Kingdom of Falmouth, and then you have the Western Holy Church, and the Western Holy Church. A girl named Hinata Shukaguchi, something along those lines. Hinata was a student of Shizue, and she believes that Rimu killed Shizue. So she goes, being the strongest knight of the Western Holy Church, and she basically tries to kill him. She left with the impression that she did. He, he uh, manages to escape and get back to the city, finds his friend's dead, and he holds a meeting, and he decides that the kingdom of Falmouth will have to suffer. So, that battle with Falmouth changes uh, some of the nature of him. I will call it his greatest adaptive moment. Uh, so, in order to save his friends, he can do it, but he would have to become a demon lord himself. So what he manages to do is meet the requirements so basically you have to kill I said basically <laughs> basically you have to kill 10,000 people to become this demon lord and uh, you know as his war with Falmouth is upon him he decided well I want to save my people and I'm at war so golden opportunity bam he does it 
Um, he kind of splits the difference. He kills, well, I'd say about 50, 57%, I believe, he killed with these weird slime droplet assassin bullets that he just controlled. And then the other half he killed with this technique called Merciless. So basically, if your enemy is in front of you and they have no intention or will to fight, you can just kill them. They can die. And he uses Merciless on them to make up the, uh, the other 43%. And then he goes into, you know, Demon Lord Evolution mode. And as he's doing that, he gets a little weak, dips into his shadow, and he brings out Ranga. So Ranga was this child of the uh, dire wolf that he killed. But Ranga doesn't have beef with him. Because he named the, the pack and he takes care of them and sustains them, supports them, etc. So Ranga's right there for the ride. And Ranga shows up and then he's like, yo, you know, I gotta get back home. Because, you know, he's going through this little cocoon ball thing. So he summons an actual demon who turns out to be that guy black uh, to bring him the one survivor and the one survivor is a little dickhead magician guy who worked for the king of Falmouth and he gets the shit kicked out on him he's brought back etc he resurrects people what's the point of all of this? I don't really know um, I. As someone who, who uh, enjoys writing, enjoys reading, enjoys literature, enjoys world building, and knows that there's a certain level of difficulty in keeping a story entertaining and balanced and interesting, and I know it's just quote-unquote animation, but again, uh, I also like to draw things, and animation is not easy, even though we've been doing it for a while. It's still relatively a new art form that is constantly evolving and takes lots of work and takes actual teamwork. So executing these concepts and the world building thus far, I'm a massive, massive fan. It, it, it's something about the intensity of the way that uh, this show is executed and done that uh, I just, I just really, really enjoy. Um, the season, the, the first half of the second season just ended. They'll pick up again in July. Uh, I hope you give it a chance. Um, I think it's fucking uh, really entertaining. And, and when he did the, the first attack, he said Megiddo. Megiddo is basically like the end of the world. So the references in the show are interesting. Um, and, you know, sometimes it makes me wonder, you know, what goes on in the creator's head that they have all these references. Even though some of them are, you know, well-known. Makito is not uh, as well-known of a term. Like Raphael, yeah, Raphael, the angel, we're aware of that. Um, and that's when his great sage mode evolved in his demon lord state. But this is a show you can geek out about, which is what I'm doing. And I... I just hope you give it a chance. I mean, because again, all this stuff I just said, I mean, it's a fucking slime. I mean, the level of creativity in dealing with this character is just phenomenal. 
I know some people might not have a remote interest, but it's just for me, it's a conceptual thing. The way everything was put together and adapted, executed, it was done very well. So I really hope that you will check out the show. And, uh, you know, I don't want to get in trouble for anything. So, um, some of my background noise, music, etc. was Apex Twin, Alberto Balsam, um, Helmet, Just Another Victim, Faith No More, Another Body Murdered, Rob Zombie, Shake Your Ass, Smoke Your Grass, uh, Anthony Matt Johnson's, Hope There's Someone, M83, Midnight City, Flow, Go, and the Ark and Seal, Ready, Steady, Go. It's a lot more interesting for me to have some music in the background, and you probably didn't hear it because my microphone really sucked. And I'll get a handle on this one, not if it actually worked, but I do like it a lot. I like it a lot. Anyway, it's Fact Daddy. Appreciate your time and energy. Are you listening to me? It's nice to communicate with the world. And not worry about <laughs> the communication coming back on negative. I don't really pay attention to uh, a lot of things, but I do appreciate you and your time. And until next time, peace. <laughs>